has been amazing to be part of. I think we have a responsibility to get people to think differently. You have to have your vision. You can have a great connection between agriculture and people. Group is a very important partner to share our experiences. Every new idea is going to contribute to what our future in food is going to look like. It gets bigger. You're enabling people to afford to live a good life. The roofscape is also the part of our cities that is closest to the sun. Culture and agriculture have a strong link. Welcome to Groove, your urban farming podcast series. We are very pleased to make you discover exclusive stories of urban greenhouses. This podcast adventure was made possible thanks to Interact Northwest Project. Today, we are meeting with William Benson, and he will tell us more about seed leaves in the UK. Hello, could you present yourself in a few sentences? Hello there. My name is uh, William Benson. I own a site about 45 minutes south of London where I am currently growing with some aeroponic towers, but I also gained planning permission for a major redevelopment of that site. And as part of that, I am then going to build a greenhouse, a food hall, a restaurant, which are all going to be integrated as one. So I came across Groove because I put my product forward um, as an example of what you can do in this. And that is why I've then, I was selected for Groove and then I've been with them for about a year. My background right from the beginning is um, in London for 15 years. Um, I then, my parents had a uh, farm, which is where this site is going to be. Um, and they were in some financial troubles. So I came down about 10 years ago, built an existing restaurant, built an existing farm shop, cookery school. But I've always had growing in my blood, I suppose. Uh, the farm was, I put the farm into organic conversion um, about eight years ago and uh, did a bit of growing that way. But then um, with the move to this new planning application for a redevelopment of the site, I lost about uh, at least four-fifths of the site and therefore I couldn't grow on the rest of the site. So I was looking at how I could then bring growing into what we were doing and therefore doing it in a controlled environment was the best route for me. So I then um, went on a big old journey over the last three years where I've been to um, America about three or four times looking at different projects. I've been to all of the places with Groof. I've been to Green Tech three times. I basically immersed myself in the whole industry um, and built up a new business which is currently operating and it was all really on the back of wanting to push this planning application forward so it's been a very exciting journey so far so today you have a human farming project what is it all about well the origin of the project is that i 
actually got some planning permission for actually some housing on some of the um, of the land that we had, and therefore that reduced down the volume of land I therefore had to use for horticulture. So I'm very keen on integrating horticulture into everything that we do as even as a small scale that we're doing now i've got culinary mushrooms being produced in a cabin i've got uh 10 i've got a tower farm i've got raised beds i've got a whole load of stuff now but it really was just trying to then look at how we could then continue with that mentality to bring uh, horticulture into something much larger and then see that as something that could be picked up and put elsewhere. So I see there's massive potential for building a greenhouse on the side of an existing building. And therefore, that is why I started driving down this path of looking at all the different techniques of how you could do that. And then all the different techniques of how you can uh, grow in a controlled environment. And that's why I've come across my project. So my project is therefore going to be uh, and I have game planning permission for it uh, about three weeks ago. It is a uh, five and a half thousand square foot greenhouse. It will contain 225 um, aeroponic towers that will be 2.6 meters high, should produce around about 16,000 plants a month. Uh, that is the tower farm side of the greenhouse. I then also have, um, I'm going to do some Dutch bucket heritage tomatoes in another area, but I'm also then going to build a 40 foot container or I'm going to refit a 40 foot container and put that on the side of the greenhouse. We have a mushroom fruiting chamber for some culinary and medicinal mushrooms like um, lion's mane and reishi and things like that. So it's about creating an entity that is all in one and directly links to where the food is going to be consumed. That is the big part of this. It's all about doing it so that the people that are going to eat it aren't seeing it shipped from all over the world and all the current situations that happen with um, big agriculture. You know, it's, it's the hyper-local production of foods and that's exactly where I'm trying to push the project. I mean, they're all quite interesting, each part. The ta- the, well, it's difficult because the main project, I suppose, it's, as I say, it's about creating a direct symbiosis be- between how a restaurant and a retail outlet works with where they get their produce. And I'm fairly proud of the model that we've created so far because it's there aren't, I don't know of any others really in Europe at this point that are going to do it to the level that we're going to do it. So I'm pretty proud of it on a bigger scale. But then obviously, the you know, we've, we've gone quite a long way down the line in producing these uh, culinary and medicinal mushrooms from complete scratch. So we didn't know anything about it. And we've been injecting liquid mycelium and doing it under proper lab conditions. So that's been pretty impressive. And I suppose the tower farming as well, putting in 225 towers into a greenhouse, there is nowhere in the UK and few in the EU that are doing that. So that also makes me extremely excited. And what was the main difficulty that you had to overcome? The main difficulty, you know, I think it's actually probably the whole planning consideration with the way 
that it has worked with the UK situation over here is extremely challenging. And when I put my planning application in, it was nearly 18 and a half months before it was actually granted on an application that had 300 people writing in to say that they really wanted it. And then it's just taken so much time to get it over the line. And I still have things in the background that I'm trying to achieve. But so the overall planning permission side of things has been very difficult. And then I suppose I never see things as anything more than a challenge, really. Um, I mean, I suppose the idea of, you know, producing your own mushrooms within four months of starting in in a in such a fashion I, not just your average button mushrooms these are really quite specialist mushrooms that's been quite interesting and quite difficult i suppose but i you know i'm going to go back to my biggest thing has been the planning it's it's been very challenging um with not being able to move on with this as quickly as i wanted to which was a, about a year ago really if i'd been able to i should have been up and running by now So that's the biggest one, I think. Uh, I say my main business, my other business is having serious issues with that. I mean, like it is incredibly difficult since I don't know whether it's a combination between COVID and Brexit, but it's made it very, very difficult to get labor over here at the moment. More so than I, I know when we went to Holland as part of the group, um, we were listening to the greenhouses out there and they were finding it very difficult. But I'm not sure whether they've got Brexit thrown in, which has made it even harder. So Labour, uh, I haven't even started yet. That's the thing. I would hope that it won't be too difficult. I've already got two guys working for me that are going to come with me on the project. And the greenhouse is actually one that is pretty easy to run without too much labor. So we should have, you know, four people working in there, four to six, something like that. And I'm not too worried about it because I've already got half of them. We're all going to pitch in and uh, be, you know, part of the overall running of it right from the outset. So labor is very difficult, don't get me wrong, but I'm not so worried about it on this project. And of course, labour has definitely been something that uh, you need to consider with uh, moving a project like this forward. So as part of what we're doing, we are um, creating an urban food hub, which will integrate a restaurant, a food hall, a cookery school and multiple small producers in one space to make it a destination for people to come to. So as part of our project, it is really important that we bring all elements of food together. That's the whole uh, mantra of where we're going. So what we're going to do is bring a, a restaurant um, so it literally is sided on. It opens up and it runs directly from the restaurant into a food hall. The food hall will then have things like a butcher's counter, winery, all of those things. But it will also contain some small producers who will be based at the site. So they're going to be producing at the site as well as retailing themselves. So and then, of course, there's the cookery school, which is a bit of a hub for all of it. So we'll be bringing people in from the different parts of the business into that uh, cookery school to showcase I suppose it's more like an artisan school. It's to showcase how everyone is doing their different things. And we can also 
bring members of the public in to learn different skills, education. It's a really key part of the whole thing as, as one. I got planning permission for some housing on it. So it was a very, very difficult call. But the thing is with my project is it started the other way around that most people would do their thing. I have always wanted to build this food hall stroke uh, food hub at the site for the last 15 years. And when you're sitting on a piece of land that you have developers asking you to take on and, and, and put some housing on, and therefore that can fund quite a lot of the build of this food hub, then eventually you go, well, there is a golden egg there. And as much as I don't want to do that because I don't want to lose the land. The land wasn't really being used for anything. It was too small to have it as a farm properly. My father, it had been a farm for 25 years, but it just wasn't going to work. So that is why we lost the land is why actually then sort of I, I got planning permission for some housing and then we can then move that into then building out the uh, food, the food hub. It was lucky, to be honest with you. We were just—I was just lucky in a, in the, the site was uh, was ripe for it. At Goof, we help you develop your project and overcome hardship and smaller issue. How did Goof help you in your process? Groove has been amazing to be part of. I've really, really enjoyed it on just about every level. It's allowed me to see other locations that are doing it on a much bigger scale. So we've been to some incredible things like the World Horty Center, uh, the Wagner, and all of those big greenhouses. That was absolutely fascinating. Uh, I've been to a rooftop greenhouse in Ireland, which was had 65 towers and it was incredible. Really, really interested with that. You know, all the locations I went to, I pulled different things out of the visits that I uh, that I saw. So just the, you know, all of the different pieces just came together to just give me more and more information for my project. So just as an overall, it's been amazing. And I've really, really enjoyed it. And I'd quite happily do it for a second year if I could, but I think I can only do it for one year. But then I've had some great coaching from various different people. Caroline gave me some really, really useful information on my business plan, which is pretty big it's like 65 pages long um and she was very good at um refining it down a bit and making it so that it was a bit more well easier for someone to digest because as i say it's not a small project but at the same time making it too big is going to put people off perhaps so she's been brilliant she took my piece uh, away looked at it read it and then came back with uh, thoughts um, and then I've had information in terms of the heat and energy and how I can work with the um, building on the side. So I'm building, it is one building, but I have the food hall and the restaurant and how we can bring the heat and the energy out of those different environments and use it in the greenhouse has been really, really interesting. So that has uh, definitely benefited me. Um, I, I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how to do it. And now I do know how to do it, which has been great. And then just talked about all the other different things like solar PV and the different elements of what can be done with it. Um, so those really the two key things that I've pulled away from it. And, um, and yeah, it's been fascinating. 
Yeah, it's very sad that grief is ending, in all honesty, because you can see it as great benefit to people. But I think really, um, I don't know, I think it would be great to create a kind of global hub of um, professionals. There are multiple different things online that you can become members of. So there's there's a number of different channels on LinkedIn. uh, There's various different channels on Facebook. But again, trying to get access to the people with proper skill set in what they're doing the knowledge i think it would be a great thing to create something that is that is wider than that i'm a member of the uk urban ag tech i don't know whether it's a society i think it's the right word but it is it is the uk group where all of the vertical farmers are members of and so i do get skill set um from that um and of course oscar who is one of the main guys in Groove. He is also a director of that as well. So I've made a really good contact, actually a really good friend from that. And he's, you know, at the other end of the line whenever I need him. Um, so maybe joining your uh, country's urban ag tech type of um, group would be a good idea. Um, but yes, it's just, it is a shame that uh, Groof is going. I imagine greenhouses are going to be moving forward. So I can see, do you know, I went to London the other day and I met up with a uh, a guy who is a consultant and he is uh, the grandmaster of the Worshipful Company of Vintners, which is one of those very old societies in London um, that have been there for hundreds of years. And I'm in his flat looking over the Thames, beautiful location. And we he's gonna help me with the with the overall project in terms of tower farms. And we're kind of we go to the window and we look across and we look at all these rooftops that are just nothing on them at all. And it's just such wasted space. And so I think personally as big ag and essentially will start failing, I think our supply chain is in serious trouble. Um, with nothing else, global warming is going to cause a serious issue for us moving forward. And so the the easy routes, the cheap routes, which is bringing produce thousands of miles across the world to supermarkets in the UK, will become harder and harder and more and more expensive. And those two things will be the catalyst that I'm sure will then drive the desire to start growing um where the produce is consumed and you look at these rooftops in london and you go it is absolutely ripe for development of small micro greenhouses i don't mean micro actually that's not the right word as in you know medium-sized greenhouses three four thousand square feet in size producing foods that will then directly feed the restaurants the uh retail outlets below you know, box delivery schemes, all of those things. So I see that as the vision. And when you do look at the current situation with the world, you do think actually it's not just a vision. I think there's potential for that to be the case. So that's how I see the whole thing moving forward with Urban Ag Tech. So today, social media are very important. Where can we follow your project? Yeah, so if you want to see what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, I've got three different channels, YouTube, Facebook, Insta, and that is um, if you search my seed leaves, as in seed and then leaves, 
on that. I've got a website, uh, which is seedleaves.com. And then actually, I have a website specifically built for the overall project, which is uh, slightly difficult to say because it's quite large, but it's applegarthspotential.biz, A-P-P-L-E-G-A-R-T-H-S-P-O-T-E-N-T-I-A-L.B-I-Z. I'm really, really passionate about what I said in that last piece about the urban ag tech scene and um, trying to drive it in the UK. I think there's so much potential and the country is so uh, perilous in terms of where it's currently getting its food from. I think really trying to change that model, I think there's massive potential to change up the way that the uh, the country is. So that would be my five, my, my closing point really i'm really really keen on helping that process happen we hope that you have enjoyed this episode maybe it even inspired you to join the urban farming adventure you can learn everything you need to know about groove and our guideline on groove.eu and make sure to stay tuned for more groove stories of rooftop greenhouses See you very soon in another episode.